0: nino and wes calling all you pearl jammers out there word out to the pearl jammers listen to our podcast we appreciate you guys so much just want to send a little love right out the gate to everyone that's been downloading and listening to our episodes we do see you we appreciate you just a our reminder is that even though we do this for fun we try to make it as informational and exciting as we possibly can even though we are not professional podcasters. We are just doing this out of the love of our own heart for our favorite band, Pearl Jam. Today is our very special 10th episode and our season finale. So being that it is our 10th episode, it's all going to be about the number 10. So I'm super excited. I started out my day spinning some vinyl with my coffee this morning, 930 in the morning, cranking 10 waking up the house i think i was the only one that was impressed by that but it was still pretty awesome i would love 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 to bring in my best bro wes out there in the midwest holding it down he's gonna have a little bit more on our topic for today can you hear me out there brother man
1: what's going on my brother Good to see you again. It's going great. I'm
0: super excited for today. It's going to be so Did awesome. you,
1: did you, um, I see you're wearing your headband, the Jeff Hament, uh yeah. style. Yeah. Yeah. You said you were rocking some some 10 this morning. Did you watch any Mookie Blaylock uh, basketball to in- inspire you at all?
0: Uh, No, but I had no, I guess I had a clue about Mookie Blaylock in and of himself. But once I started really looking into that guy uh, yesterday and the day before, dude, that guy's got an effed up story. And, you know, when I think of them putting Mookie Blaylock on the first uh, name of the band and using the number 10 for his jersey. Yeah, like a a tribute and things like that. And I remember this guy playing and he was he was really good. He played for the Atlanta Hawks. He still holds some records on that team for like three point attempts, three points made, steals, things like that. And they've had some big time players out there. But I never knew, like, I heard a couple years ago, you know, he was in this crazy bad car accident. It's super hmm. sad. He was drinking, he was under the influence of like weed and all this stuff. And he hit this car, and this mom died oh, no. in the car, right? And I kind of remember seeing that and I was just like, wow, that is just super crazy and super sad. But then I started kind of reading a little bit more about him. And this guy used to get high and get drunk before he would play professional basketball games. Wow. Like he would and he'd go out and he'd slay like early. on, Like this guy would be smoking tough, right? (laughs) Going out. (laughs) And scoring like 17 points a game, you know, like nine assists.
1: Lawrence Taylor. You remember Lawrence Taylor?
0: Oh, you can't forget LT, dude. Yeah, LT, right.
1: <laughs> I heard a story that during his prime that they would monitor alcohol coming into the locker rooms, but he would drink like two bottles of Scope or um, like the Listerine for your like mouthwash. That's sick. Before a game, just to kind of get some alcohol in his system. Oh, that's bad
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah oh wow but you know then you know kind of going back to uh mookie blaylock i'm just like man they have this you know okay we're 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 already way off track which is totally awesome and this is how we do so you got the title of our favorite album is 10 based on this guy's number i wonder what ed was thinking when he like saw the news of all this like downward spiral for this guy i wonder if the band was like oh shit should we have even like you know in hindsight right. they're probably like oh my god and i know they're all big hoop fans and they love to ball and all that stuff um especially jeff and and ed you know they have they're always been vocal about their love for basketball
1: so i was just like oh yeah. shit. Jeez i just Louise. wonder i just i just wonder what that conversation was like when mookie's like there's this band out in Seattle that's called <laughs> My Name. I mean, yeah. maybe they asked him for permission first. I I think his lawyers probably sent him a hey, cease and desist. I, I don't think yeah, so. use this yeah. guy's name. Yeah.
0: Well, um, and he's like sorry. about as country as you can get, being that Mookie Blaylock. So the fact that you've got these West Coast <laughs> surfer dudes, mountain boys that are just lovers of basketball that just. I don't know, they just really like this player. Yeah, I thought he was a good player, but I just don't know if I would I didn't love him that much that I would name a band off of him or like use his number. I
1: think it helps that his name is so kind of funky and cool.
0: It is funky and cool, but man his story is sad. So turning a big 180 and getting yeah, really. into some some happier uh some happier times. Yes, I was jamming out 10 this morning. Yes, I was waking up the family. Yes, it was well worth it, because you know what? You just can't forget about one of the greatest albums ever made. So great that it will be turning 30 this summer. And so great that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will be inducting that album into their Hall of Fame this year. Oh, yeah. Which is totally sweet. And probably a
1: little bit too late, like.
0: Well, it has to be at least 25 years, I okay, guess, for okay. them to induct an album. And okay. I guess I was never really savvy to the fact that they inducted albums into their Hall of Fame. I just thought it was bands. And so therefore, their music was represented. But apparently, they've been doing this for a while. And they've got over like 1,200 albums that they've you know consigned into their Hall of Fame there. So it's really cool. The Pearl Jam 10 album, the pink one. The The first one one is going in and I'm super proud of the boys and I hope they enjoy that achievement. I think over the years, it seems like they've gotten a little bit more accepting to maybe like awards or a little bit of notoriety, even though they're still the same people, you know, it was cool to see them do the rock and roll hall of fame and be inducted a couple years ago and actually Seem much more gracious, you know. Twenty five yeah. years later, versus you know when they yeah. were getting their first MTV Music Awards and they were like, "What the hell is this crap? We don't even want to be up here," you know. Right. <laughs> and we
1: want to focus today on the original ten release. Oh yeah, baby. Uh, which you know, I, and when they redid the Redux, you know, I think either Stone or maybe even Jeff, they were they were kind of seemed crit- critical about ten. Saying you know we felt like maybe this was rushed, you know we you know Ed came up and kind of just chewed off all these songs and and they're like we felt like we wanted to redo this album and it's like that sounds crazy.
0: It sounds crazy right? to me, right? It sounds
1: crazy, <laughs> and I don't know if it's just because they're perfectionists, but I've listened to Redux and cause that's the, that's that's kind of the album that I have representing ten because I do like listening to State of Love and Trust or other albums or songs that they put in there. But mm-hmm. do you? Re- before we get too far along here, do you hear a big difference between some of the other tracks from the original release to the redux? I don't hear a whole bunch. I'm not a um, yeah.
0: I guess I never really just put on the headphones, like just my noise-canceling headphones, and just really went from one song on the original to the same song on the redo, and see if I can notice like a soundboard difference or from a production standpoint, I would say potentially to the average listener, I would guess that you're not going to hear that much variation. But to the folks that live in the music industry or are in the sound room and the you know the people that are actually creating the music, yeah, they're probably going to hear a difference. But I 100% agree with you. It sounds crazy. This is their Highest mm-hmm. selling album of all time. 13 times platinum, baby. You know what I'm saying? And so not only is it 10, it's 13 times platinum, right? And it's pink. And it's mm-hmm. one of the coolest things ever. And so yeah. who says who says pink's not cool? Certainly Ain't yeah. the Boys and PJ.
1: Well, this is where it all started for us too, man. Like I know. I, 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 we keep going back to it. This was the, uh, you can list off songs after songs that, are just completely just like music shattering right this is yeah. these are these are life-altering songs so mm-hmm. uh i've been excited man and i've, I've there's some cool stuff we want to share about this we also kind of want to take a dip our toe a bit in talking about some of our since this is the last episode of of season one of our of our podcast mm-hmm. um talking about maybe some highlights that we've gone over, uh, in the, in the, first nine episodes. So yes, absolutely. congratulations, man. Episode yeah. 10. I'm, yeah. Wow. So much fun. So much fun. It's
0: kind of weird. It's, it's definitely bittersweet. It took the world to completely shut down for us That's to right. be able to yeah. do something that gives us joy. And so it's a, it's a weird type of gratification if someone gave me the choice of, having normal life consistently going versus doing this podcast. Yeah, I'm going to say keep life going as normal as it was before. But if we got to look for the shiny nugget in the big turd of COVID, it Mm -hmm. would be circumstances like this that are allowing people to maybe do things they wouldn't normally do or try things they wouldn't normally try, i.e. podcasting or doing different things on social media, different ways to connect. And so, yeah,
1: super healthy. Yeah, getting healthy.
0: Well, I think I put on the COVID-19, dude. It's like, I was like, like, all right, this will be the perfect year, man. I'm totally going to work out. That's going to be great. And then I just... Too many IPAs. Too uh, many IPAs. I was just like, yeah, no, not going to (laughs) happen. But I'm still jamming out to my tunes. So at least that's
1: that's good. So what do you got for the specs? Do you have some specs on this one? Well, I would
0: say before we'll go into kind of our highlights from this past season... It's interesting because I found myself this morning listening to 10 and I was looking for another 10. So I was actually comparing this to the 10th studio album that just turned one year old yesterday, Gigaton. I can't believe it's already been a year, man.
1: I know. Since that I came know. out. I and
0: know. that was a, another bright light in this past year. I was like, oh my God, thank you for sending us some new Pearl Jam even though it was the sound was again complete, another pearl jam album that you're just like what are these guys doing this sounds completely different i'm loving it i i do i love this you know all these questions that i that i have but spinning uh first album side 1 you get the first kind of 3 4 or 5 songs off a of gigaton and it is it holds up man i mean it rocks you know, that yeah, whole good. first side of that album is fantastic. So but I can't get over the first five, six songs of 10. Right. As soon as you drop the needle yeah. and you got once playing yeah. and you just hear Mike come in with that guitar and they just start hitting the drums. The first time you hear Ed's voice, just like, oh, my gosh, I am transcending into a brand new place and it is a beautiful place <laughs> and I never want to leave this place. It,
1: it's awesome. Right? yeah and, and just to take a step back on Gigaton I I feel like this album has been given a huge disservice because no one's never, you, we haven't seen the band play this live um which typically yep. is a, a real kind of eye-opener on some songs that you maybe wouldn't really get into but I, I agree they're the first handful of these songs do rock and they're really good but yeah. just I feel bad because it really hasn't probably gotten the um the accolades, and the respect that it probably... Again, it's the 10th studio album, so it's a, it's a ways down the road here. But I did do yeah. some research on gigaton and before we go back to 10. Yeah. So a gigaton, I didn't know what this meant, um, but it's an actual unit of measure of carbon okay. emission. So I don't have the exact data as far as how big a gigaton is, but it's millions and millions of tonnage of carbon it's a gigaton bro it's a gigaton which is really sad and i did something but 2020 another little piece of gold out of that nugget of turd is i guess in 2020 there's 2.2.6 uh gigaton less of carbon emissions that were put out in the atmosphere in
0: 2020 yeah
1: due to yeah so Uh, yeah and i saw
0: that uh you know co2 is actually been going back up over the past couple months just because everyone's kind of slowly getting back to some sense of normalcy. So um, yeah, I guess come on electric cars. Let's and wind power yeah, and man. like solar let's power. Let's 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 be in the Pearl Jam band. You know, I'm ready to uh, give zero carbon emissions and be their roadie. Like let's get <laughs> it on. I'm going to start working this. Uh like I'm flexing for Wes. He's not impressed, but you know, that's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so you so, mentioned once yeah go ahead get into it
0: so yeah so when i'm when i'm looking at once and it'll go into even flow goes into a live those are the you know when i hear those kind of back to back in this album that's when i really enjoy even flow the most that's when i really enjoy the studio version of live the most it's basically like this cool story that's continuing all mm-hmm. the way through into why go into black into Jeremy and that side one and man if i could just see those six songs in a row and that's all they played yeah i would i would take that over any other artist any other album right now it's like that's how bad i'm needing these boys back in my life i'm like cannot wait till we can get back live to see some pearl jam but i found myself realizing how I don't know if "simple" is the right word, but just how basic and bare bones they made the music back in the day when they made this in what ninety two. Mm-hmm. And taking "once" for instance, uh, the song "Once." You know, I'm looking at the lyrics. I mean, basically the whole song it's it's two verses with a refrain, and in each verse there's maybe four or five lines in each verse. Very simple, very clean straight to the point song crushes and then I'll, crush. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I'll go to the first song on gigaton 10th studio album. That's uh whoever said now you've got seven verses and about seven to eight to nine lines in each verse. I mean, it's just such a crazy contrast of how far they've come and, when you go back and you listen to some songs in 10, you know, all the words are basic words you would hear. Anybody could make these words and put them in the songs and other bands have used these words. But when I'm looking at the words that Eddie's putting in just in this one song, you I don't ever said,
1: yeah, I don't know how Lisa. he's doing it
0: because he's rhyming dissertations with fortifications He's rhyming periphery with ventricles. He's writing circumscribed with circum circumcised, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> okay. how is he and so and then he you know, all these other songs or all these other words in the song, reconnaissance, biovac, carowac, yeah, right? Devotion, predictions, assumptions, equations
1: interpretations because he's talking i mean we're, we're talking two different things okay so he's talking okay a you know ed and he's he's probably gotten older and i think ed tries to be very calculated with his words wow, i've seen yeah. him in, in interviews he's he's very methodical in the way he talks i think he also is pretty proud of this vocabulary but yeah you listen to you talking about 10 it's it's talking about hate and murder or weird you know, hard stuff i'm not yeah. talking about climate change or things like that so you're, sure. you're going to get a less scientific more aggression probably yeah <laughs> yeah and and and
0: i don't know exactly the point i'm trying to make other than the fact that uh, again i'm proud of ed and i'm proud of the band because they have evolved so much and just with the vocabulary alone and the words that he has being able to not only just use, but use in the context of a song, putting it to music and then creating something. The, this is vocabulary that no other singer ever has ever used and let alone in one song versus someone's whole career. I mean, I just don't hear these type of words and vocabulary in any other bands. So it's to me, it's just extraordinarily impressive And it makes me want to read the lyrics more because when I busted out the lyrics page to gigaton and I was looking at this, I was just like, Holy crap, Ed. I mean, like how long did it take you to do this? You know, I wonder like, did he do it quickly? Is he, is it something that takes him some time? And how are you being able to tell this story and use these types of descriptive vocab that you would just never hear anywhere else? It was just, do you hear it's, it was just awesome,
1: you know? Do you hear the same amount of let's just call it maturity maybe in in the way he's articulated his lyrics to the same maturity in riffs or in in Stones his play or Mike's play versus 10 where I've heard people say, you know, that early Pearl Jam is much simpler to play it's much more, much less complex than it, the later, their later albums are right. Uh, but I hear, I listen to why go and that could be one of the sickest guitar solos <laughs> around. So yeah, uh, I don't know if that holds water, but what do you, is do you hear a difference in kind of, I'm sure you can, I'm sure if I did the same thing, like I listened to them simultaneously, you would be, okay, this one's way more less complex as far as musically versus uh gigaton. Certainly. Know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, when I'm
0: listening to even dance to the clairvoyance, right? Not only did I love the way that they mixed up who was playing what, uh, as far as inter- instruments, you know, I love that stone. He's taking that baseline for a nice little walk. He's putting mm-hmm. some, he's putting some funk in his trunk. And I love that Jeff is playing the guitar. And so it's just, it's just really cool and refreshing that they're doing things like that. But certainly, in gigaton the music seems how should you say it does seem more complex it seems not I, I don't think it's not that ten is not well thought out because they you know the band really worked hard in the studio and just kept doing a ton of revisions you know they made that album for like 25,000 bucks mm. but the word is they spent three to four times as much in the production costs just to kind of get it to be and sound that the way that they, they wanted to have it sound. So I, you know, if I got to pick 10 versus gigaton, of course I'm going to have, I'm going to pick 10 and I'll take that album over gigaton every day of the week and twice Mm -hmm. on Sunday. Right. But being able to listen to gigaton a little bit more and try to maneuver my new way through these new sounds and these this kind of new canter that they're having with this music it's it's exciting it's fun it's different Uh, you know I hear the the musicality and the playing especially from Mike and especially from Jeff that I haven't really ever heard before in any of their other songs that they've done over the decades that they've been doing it so yeah certainly I mean you're hearing a difference too,
1: right? It's not just me. Oh, yeah. I'm not no. tripping, right? <laughs> okay. No, you're not. You're not. Um, I, I mean, for me, it's mostly in the voice. It's mostly in Ed's voice, especially like you said once. I listened to that song probably six times this week kind of in preparation. And I'll say it was not a big, it was not ever on the top of my list. But I don't think I've ever seen that one live. But you could, man, you could hear that. And you can hear his voice. He is just so angry and so... Uh, yeah. it's just, uh just growly oh and it's just so damn good it's just a cool man it's just a w- awesome way to start the album and then you have like i think jeff's little cool little intro and i used to i used to have an alarm clock that would only take cds so i'd put 10 in and it was such yeah. a weird way to wake up hearing it got kind of like, yeah. that kind of like funky little thing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and then it goes you know release you know he kind of puts that back in and goes for like 10 more minutes Right, which I don't know why they do that. They do that on a few things. They did think They do that on um, B Girl, I think, is a one of yeah. the songs. They have like two different, or even um, uh, I can't think. Vitology had a lot of that type of feel. No, it was such a great time, kind of rediscovering Ten because I feel like over the last few years I've kind of maybe pulled back mm-hmm. on maybe finding appreciation for other other albums, uh, whether it's No Code or Binaural, just because like we've talked about through and through, like. The listen out effect, but if you really dive in and do and listen to kind of where these the story is, like you mentioned, it's a story, right? Mm-hmm. Would like to talk about the mama song kind of and where this whole thing kind of kicked off would be interesting. Um, but yeah, it was just such a cool trip to kind of go back and, and relive ten again. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's just such an emotional, an emotional kind of almost spiritual kind of connection with me. Kind of growing up, it's like, yeah, ah, oh, this is this was it. This was the album.
0: Yep, absolutely, a hundred percent. And listening to it this morning, you know, it was kind of nice. I got my own kind of time and my space. You know, all all season and all the different podcasts. You know, you talk a lot about Ed's voice and how it's changed. I've been kind of not really pandering to that too much because for me i'll take any type of eddie vetter i can get right now i'm just like just give me all you got i'll take whatever you're gonna give me but dude listening to 10 this morning mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. my god he's so good and it just sounds well i i guess i can't say that it's effortless because i'm sure he's expending a tremendous amount of effort uh, <laughs> you know singing these songs it's very difficult uh, the way he's singing but man, I was just like, I was starting to reminisce and I was starting to remember <laughs> earlier concerts that I was at. And I was like, man, he sounds so good. And, you know, you can tell he sounds young. And then yeah. when I put Gigaton in right after that, it the contrast in the voice, it, it is it is in your face. There's no denying it. Yeah, I love me some of the early Ed, but I'm loving some of what Ed's talking about right now. And the visuals he's giving me through a lot of this new music. And he's really making me work, especially when I'm trying to decipher some of these songs on gigaton is the lyrics out in front of me, when I'm listening to it, I'm like, okay, he's, 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 he's pushing my intelligence to the yeah. break uh, right. a little early, eight 30 in the morning before I have a <laughs> cup of coffee. you know what I'm saying? So, right. yes. um, yes. so it, it's, it's, it's cool. It's another reason why I'm just, you know, I just love these guys so much and they're just so great. And I know they have billions of fans that all say the same thing. And I'm just super proud to be one of them and to be able to see this growth and development happen and just, you know, you're a spectator and, you know, you're watching it happen. I, I would just love to be a fly on the wall and just kind of get this inside peek of what it really takes to sustain Uh, for 30 years what it really takes to make 10 studio albums what it really takes to tour the world 15 times over you know this is no small feat by any stretch of the imagination what these guys have done so to be able to celebrate it it is rewarding it is gratifying right yeah 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 I agree I agree what do you want to what do you want to play with next
1: yeah, I wanted to get in. I did some research on. I talked, uh, mentioned it, the Mama song, kind of yes. where we started. You know, so when Andrew Wood died, and then Stone and Jeff kind of and Mike kind of started up here again. They kicked the music to once and kicked the music to alive. Yep. And at the time, it was Times of Trouble, uh, yep. or foot, you know, footsteps. Yep. Uh, and I think even alive, I had a second at an earlier song. It was called like Dollar Short. I think I saw that on the PJ twenty. I think yep. was that that was the music from another song. And then of course Ed knowing Jack Irons. Yes. Uh kind of connected the dots there. But I was doing some research on those three songs. And I've I've known about this, but I didn't really know exactly. But uh he titled it Mama Song on the, yeah. the demo back to Ed and or excuse me, back to Stone. I guess it's just like trilogy, right? So in yep. Zurich in 92, he they did a concert and he was he was talking about how, where the origin of those songs came from and again, I didn't have any thought of this, not really hearing Footsteps until um Lost Dogs came out, right? right. So I'd only known Once and Alive and just to go back on our previous episodes of Throwaways, like ugh, Footsteps, come on, that needs to be on this album. Um, right. Not sure how that could happen, but <laughs> right. It's it's a, it's this trilogy of of alive where he, he calls it in Zurich uh, of incest and some family issues of this little kid, uh, and then once is like this story of this person now becoming this basically this murderer. Right. And if you read the lyrics of of once, mm-hmm. there's some some pretty angry stuff in there. Yep. Uh, and then getting in, he said the last footsteps was basically supposed to, the setting is supposed to be inside this jail cell. Yeah. So, which I did not, again, when I was listening to footsteps, I always thought it was him. I pictured Ed, like as a young adolescent, I I put myself like, he's probably thinking about his dad or his, his, the person that he thought was his dad, like in the hallway of his house, like. And like, he was like thinking, you know, had this picture after he died, like, oh, I, you know, you used to come by, blah, 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 blah. Right but now. I think it's different. I think it's like, again, it's this trilogy of the reason why he is in jail is because something happened to him. And he became a killer. And now he's in jail because of this kind of thing. So I don't know. Give me your take on that. If you did some research on Mama Song.
0: I had never really heard of this quote unquote, mini little rock opera.
1: Yeah. Isn't and that put cool?
0: these three songs together. It's very who esque which I know is right up Ed's alley. All right. So, yes, when he got these demo tapes back in California and, and what's cool about the demos is that these demos, you know, were made by Mike and Stone and Jeff and Matt Cameron. So oh, Matt
1: did the drums on. It. So okay.
0: at the time right basically stone would have all these different types of riffs and he had them for a while and then they would go uh mike and stone would go up to Uh, Stone Gossard and his parents, they had an attic up there where they just kind of jam all the time. Just how cool would that to be parents? You know, just be like, at the time, they're probably like, Jesus Christ, one of these guys gonna shut up. They're like over my head. Little did they know they're gonna be like world-renowned, just massive musical And the songs that they're
1: jamming on are gonna be uh, thought about for As parents, you're probably like,
0: turn it off! Shut it down! But, you know, thank God the parents let them keep rolling. Then they had to get Jeff involved right so they, they picked up Jeff they didn't really have a drummer at the time but everybody knew that Matt Cameron was the best drummer in town in Seattle it was very well known and they had seen each other around at different parties and they would go to you know uh, some of the shows were Matt Cameron from one of his older bands and like we were talking last episode small community right mm-hmm. so it, it was cool to know that you know Matt Cameron Uh, talk about um symmetry or coming back around full circle that he's obviously now been in the band forever he basically kind of paved the way in these demos and then when ed gets the music he's got this music in his head right he goes out and he goes surfing and he's out there all morning and he's trying to put these lyrics together and he just dude he's so soulful and spiritual to me where he's getting this inspiration. I can imagine him out there on a surfboard, getting these visuals, trying to put this together, runs to his girlfriend's house at the time because (laughs) her house was closer than his. He's like, I got to get this on paper. I got to get this on paper. And those songs that you're speaking of, yeah, they had completely different names at the time. And everything evolved from then. Lyrics evolved, the music evolved, the names of the songs evolved to bring us this raw feel that the boys are putting down as far as the rhythm of the music that Ed's bringing in with the lyrics. Mm -hmm. And obviously at the time, we're not going to know anything about this mysterious kind of trilogy that they're doing. Because for me, I had my own visions of each song. I had my own vision for alive. I had my own vision for once. And I had my own vision for footsteps. And it's crazy that you brought that up because I have not listened to footsteps since I was kind of researching and about this mini little rock opera. And I don't know if now the song is ruined for me, because to me, footsteps <laughs> for so long was it seemed kind of almost like this love song of sorts. Yes. And really this beautiful love song and all this stuff. And now I'll come to find that it's, it's about- like full of anger a murderer in yeah. a jail cell. Right. And
1: I'm like, it's like, he's like, he's like, I'm here because of you instead of it's all because of you. I was thinking, like you said, like I was thinking it was emotional, like sad, like a like song.
0: It's, maybe it's about a girl or whatever, you know? And so for me, I don't, when I get albums and I, and I get music, I don't really, I never bust out the lyrics. I just listen to the tunes. I don't sit there and really try and like, oh right from the get like i'm gonna focus on these words and dissect a song i'm just like i just want to feel it right so now idea is supplanted in my head and i'm just really worried that i might not be able to get back to the same place that i love so much with the song footsteps Mm -hmm. and and in that moment now i realize why musical artists and artists in general leave so much up up To the interpretation of the listener to form their own ideas and their own visions about what the music is
1: doing. You've heard that before, yeah? Because Ed's even said that. Ed's even said that. He said back in the in the eighties, seventies, eighties, he would um, before music videos. He would, yeah. He's like, I never watched music. That's probably why they don't do music videos or didn't do a lot of them, because you really he wanted the listener to put themselves in the music and not not have the band formulate that kind of vision for that said person. Right. Absolutely. And um, by putting a music video out that shares this type of feeling that you, you you erase that creativity and that imagination from your brain.
0: Yeah. And for the longest time uh, music studios and video studios like MTV and things like that wanted Pearl Jam to, turn the song black into some type of video and they said no numerous times they're like not gonna have this be published in that manner they were like nope, not gonna happen not gonna happen And so that's why you never really have ever seen a video quote unquote cinematic video right. of black because they don't want to tell the people a certain way to look at their right. art right right they're kind of pigeonholing. Mm-hmm. these folks and so so now and and that is the problem with social media and stuff because it's like you know i've looked at so much over the past year i um, you know what they've said in interviews and how they've gone in depth about different songs and different riffs and where they get all that from and what their meaning was at the time when they were creating it i'm like is this going to be bad for me now Am am i now going to lose my own interpretation because now there's too much information out there about what the music really is or why they wrote it. And so it's it's a little bit of a double edged sword. And so I was definitely feeling that quite a bit mm-hmm. with this whole kind of trilogy feel. I do agree with the interpretation of Alive and I do agree with the interpretation of Once. But when they landed footsteps on me with this capper or the finale of this story, I was like, Oh
1: man, I was a little, I was a little bummed out. Yeah. That <laughs> wasn't the place where you saw, saw the, uh, the main character in that song. <laughs> right. Right. The setting was not jail. No. Damn it. I, like I said, for me, my, the setting of footsteps was in his uh, in a bedroom, laying on the bed with this picture. Um, that's it. On a, you know, that's it. Right Not in the jail, but interesting. yeah, yeah, interesting, super interesting. Now, do you think? And I, I've listened to some bad radio, just on some YouTube. I don't think they have anything that's. And that was Ed's former band. When you, when, when Ed got those that sound from Stone, do you think he was? Oh, sweet! This is the kind of this is the music I want to be into, or this is right up my alley. Because uh, there was still some hair band stuff going on. There was still some love. Uh, some love rock out there, right? So, I'm sure. Well, I, I'm, I have to imagine Ed knew of Mother Love Bone before then. I have to imagine that, right? I would uh, assume which so. Which is more probably that love rock sound? Yeah, yes. You shaking your head at me? Yeah. I am.
0: I am. I'm. Okay. I'm giving you the verbal <laughs> so agreement. So, do you yes. think?
1: Um, do you think the music was kind of in the in the vocals of Ed kind of perfectly? I mean, it's like it was. It was a perfect storm to just meld these two sounds, or I mean, could you hear the the music of Stone and and that demo in a different voice in an Andrew Wood? Would it work as well, or wow. is it kind of like that's a great question?
0: Well, obviously, I piechante for uh, my vocals is going to be towards Ed, and I don't want to do Andy a disservice. I'm just not as Familiar with that entire catalog, and I really feel like I I should be more involved with it.
1: Right? Scrap Andy Wood. Put Chris Cornell's voice, dude. I could put, and it would be. I think I think it wouldn't work. Honestly, I don't think it would work as well. I really don't. I really think it was destined for that voice. I could put Chris
0: Cornell fronting the Backstreet Boys, and it would instantaneously (sighs) make that be my favorite band and make that music sound so much better. Like for me, there's no wrong. With Chris, but Ed has a whole kind of different attitude and a different vibe for me. Even though a lot of what they're talking about in their music is is kind of coming from the same place in a lot of their songs, not only because of where they're living and they're all friends and things like that, but you know the topics that they're they're covering, it's just a ton of similarity to it. But thank God for you brought up Jack Irons. Thank God for Jack Irons. Right. And thank you for knowing Ed. And thank you for passing that tape along. Because initially the band was trying to get Jack to come in and be their drummer. And he passed mm. on that as well, too. Hence this whole drummer saga. Where right. It just kind of kept right. going until it mellowed out over the past 20 years. Right. But I, I never listen to bad radio too much. I might have heard something a long time ago just you know, checking it out, but yeah. I never really took too much stock in that.
1: And, and this is impossible to answer, you know, but it's a fun exercise. Do you like, so mother love bone sound is completely different. In my opinion than 10. Is, mm-hmm. is it, yeah. You know, obviously they're two different bands, but when stone and Jeff threw that out, cause I'm sure they tossed it to other, other vocalists in network or out of network, however, but do you think they had an idea of what they wanted to come here on the way back? How do you mean? Like, do you think they had a sound that they wanted to? Like, okay, I want it to sound like close to Andy, or I want it to sound nothing like Andy. Wow. Because I think I I watched Pearl Jam twenty, and I think he were, was getting Stone even made a mention. He's like, we were getting a lot of like Andrew Wood very sounding voices coming back for this, right? And I don't know if if they were like if for the songs that they wrote, at least the, the the instrumental to it. I wonder if they were looking for something to be like dark in lyrics, like we like what Ed kicked back. Like I don't know, maybe they weren't, maybe they were, but it's interesting to love to hear what Stone's brain was at in that moment. Like, do you want really emotional lyrics? Is that what you're after here, or is it more the love rock kind of sound, more love rock music? Gosh, in grief, okay, yeah, probably. You can only to well, you
0: know. yeah. I mean, when you're grieving for your best friend dying from a heroin overdose it's either, I would think, going to go one of a few different ways. Either they're going to look for someone that will give them that same feel to fill this hole in their life. And on the flip side of that, you're going to have, I need to start fresh. I need something new. I need something that's not going to bring me back to that place. And I think they certainly got the latter when they scored Eddie Vedder, you know, right out the gate to bring him in. And then, just when the magic took place and writing these songs and 10 to 12 days and being on right. stage less than two weeks later and doing their first show. I mean, holy crap, dude, that stuff just does not happen. That is the musical gods are coming down, shining their light, giving the people what they need. And they sent us the yeah. love and the, ch- the Ed Ved child. It was a glorious day.
1: So, yeah. All right. So Uh, How about this? Let's let's turn this pivot real quick here. You know, do you have? We had a throwaway, we had a foul ball episode, and both of us still tossed out in that episode. Even flow. Mm -hmm. Are you still kicking? Are you still putting that one in the in the can for a bit? Oh, for ten? Well, yeah. It has only been what three weeks, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I
0: think when I was listening to to it this morning, when I was listening to ten front to back this morning. In the context of the album, listening to it a front to back. Yeah, you can't yeah. shuffle it. You have yeah. to just go. Yeah, you know, that's that's where it's hard. Because for me, I've listened to the album ad nauseum. And it's just, I'm expecting this to come next. And I need this, you know, it, it makes me comfortable. It puts me in my happy place. I, I know what's coming next. So, you know, if I went from once it straight into a live, I'd be okay. I think I could do it. So but with Jeremy, you know, Jeremy at the end of the first side, side A, if they were to just end that side with black as being the last song and then picking up on oceans on side two, I'd be okay with that, too. So for me, it's still between Jeremy and even flow. And I think it's just a tincture of mass hearing those particular yeah. songs and yeah on i'm okay with that
1: one slide on the spot was there is there a song that you love the most out of those 11 is oh. your favorite song on the spot you has to just well you could never you could never leave you could never ever not listen to a song ever again you would be the most emotionally distraught about it <laughs> oh man <laughs> well you think it, it's alive for me it's alive yeah cuz i think it's the coolest sound it's the coolest solo It's one of the inside this trilogy. It's it was one of the first songs I've ever heard from them. But release is a close second. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Boy, that's tough. You know, I'm looking for an obscure one that maybe a lot of people wouldn't pick because that's kind of the route I like to go. But the first time I heard alive and even when I still hear it come on the radio, when I hear the first couple notes of the guitar, I I turn it up, dude. Sure. I turn it up. Sure. I, I guess I really do need that song more than I thought. I did, especially in a live show. I, I yeah. need I need to see that. I you know, I need that. But man, as soon as I put on Ten this morning and I cranked it up and I heard the first couple notes of Once, it's like, yeah. "Oh, damn, this is pretty freaking good too, dude, you know." Yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> and
1: I have had a new kind of feeling about Once because I've I kind of re- dove into the lyrics and it hits. It hits for yeah. but it, yeah. It's kind of cool
0: you brought up the you know, the throwaway aspect of these podcasts we're doing. I mean, kind of in closing, because we can go on and on about 10 and the different songs and the differences and what made it so special to us. I I think people realize how special the album is and it means something different to each person that's listening to it. But throughout the podcasts that we've been doing, I also learned a lot of different things. and And I have kind of just these feelings of these highlights that came through. So one was definitely how difficult it was to do the throwaway songs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, once we put restrictions on what we could or could not throw away. So that was one thing that stood out to me. Obviously there's many different ways to hear the same thing. Like when, when you and I are doing this, like I said, very in the very beginning, I don't know why I assume that we like Pearl jam for, the same reason. Like I just assumed you liked it because of the way I liked it. Sure. And then I found out as we kept doing this, we don't really enjoy it for the same reasons, which makes it special and cool and it keeps the vibe fresh, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I need to thrash. I need mm-hmm. to bang my hair and and let whatever hair left I have go. And maybe that's why you cut yours down. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're just like upset that there's no yeah you know right. i'm gonna get you a wig you know so you can yeah and thrash def- your hair again
1: right and listen i do like some thrashing and but I, <laughs> for me it's definitely it's it's ed and it's mm-hmm. it's how it, honestly ed is uh and his voice just puts me in more of a chill kind of it, it could be emotional it could be yeah slightly on the depressing side but some of the slower stuff yeah some of the slow burns those are even though, again, my son uh, he told me that "Alive" was not a rock song, so I'm I'm gonna put that in the <laughs> in the in wow.
0: the in the archives. Yeah, stuff to bring <laughs> up when he's you yeah. know 15. Right. Be like, remember right. when you said this? We got this right. on wax, dude. You mentioned you know Eddie and how he portrays his music. So I know we did an episode on lyrics, and oh. we really started to kind of break it down. That if you just took the music out of it and kind of started to recite it almost like a poem it takes on a whole new face and it takes on a whole new feel. So when I was going through gigaton this morning, I haven't done it yet, but I'm just going to for fun because I'm a Pearl jam nerd, just recite the words without music and just Mm -hmm. see if it kind of brings a whole new aspect to it. So that's all, that was a really kind of a special highlight. Well,
1: well, um, just on top of that, like I had, for me, it was your interpretation of given to fly and the lyric so for me was one of my just favorites. Cause like, again, you, you kind of feel this new kind of appreciation for the song yeah. and you see it in a different way. But, um, when you had shared that, that you almost like a spirit, like a soul that's kind of flying around. Yeah. You know, so cool, man. That is. Yeah. That was, uh, that's a crazy song for me for sure. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah. and, I, and I love it. That was that was a big highlight as well. I also some other highlights is that I found kind of new music that I had known about but never really listened to as much. You had your kind of aha moment with uh, Neil Young, yeah, man, doing the, the Mirror Ball, and I'm glad yeah. we figured out the difference between Mirror Ball and Merkin Ball. So yeah. that was a good one. So that yeah. was <laughs> that was a cool highlight. You found that. I found. Yeah. I found the Melvins, which I know that's not a beer jam, but I was just like, wow, how did I not get this? Cause I can get my kind of grunge fix out of some certain aspects of that. Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. that I'd sit there and listen to three hours straight of the Melvins. Like I would listen to a three hour concert with Pearl Jam. So that was kind of cool. I found some, some new styles of music, things I never, you know, even, even recently doing this with this, uh, Alive Once and Footsteps mini opera. I never really, so I learned something new there. We talked quite a bit about grunge, Mm -hmm. the word, the G word, why it's cool, why it's not cool. So I definitely, you know, found some inner aspects that I hadn't thought about for a long time. You know, revisiting Nirvana was really pretty awesome. Figuring out that, you know, Alice in Chains was kind of my favorite quote unquote, grunge band that was just for me top grunge songs that was really kind of cool and i just have to thank all the people that listen to this as i'd learned how to actually get better uh, podcast equipment and microphones cuz dude our first ones are rough and thank you people for listening as as to this moment i still haven't done edits to some of the earlier episodes like there's no music intro obviously it's very raw we're just doing this for fun and you know when we first started listening because we were doing these podcasts, right? And Wes is saying, hey, man, why don't you why don't you listen to these? And I'm like, I don't want to hear myself. I don't want to know not what not I should. was. I was yeah. not ready to do it. And then I started listening to it and I thought it was cool. But then I was like, dude, we sound like crap. And how many times do I say, um, and speak like, speak for and, yourself, uh, man. shit what and so okay i sounded i sounded uh not happy with myself right and so i was like well i guess if we're putting stuff out there for people to hear i should probably try and tighten some of this stuff up a little bit so i learned a lot about uh kind of what it takes to try to hold a conversation virtually so that was kind of cool so yeah yeah, it was a lot of fun things that came from the first season man and just good stuff super stoked on it
1: what about you any other last nuggets for sure. Um, obviously, the chance to see you and talk with you every single week. Um, we had, what, it's been about, what, nine, ten years since we had really talked since we started this, so uh, I feel like I got my buddy back. It's been is your sense, time. Is your sense
0: of time just different than mine? It can't be nine years since we last hung out. Well, I, uh, No way. Maybe well, it's was, was, it five years. Maybe it's about five or six years. When was that show we went to in yeah. Seattle? I mean... We'll have to look that
1: up. 2013. What? Anyway. 2013. All right. I guess it is almost show. 10 years. Shit. Well, what do I know? <laughs> um, but you're right. <laughs> it was fun to go back and relive some of the uh, my experiences on the live shows. I talked about the Wrigley experience, which was great. It's always awesome to talk about some of the B sides, which was one of my favorite topics mm. to get into. Mm-hmm. Love that you are a hard to imagine guy. That was a good one. And, oh, yeah. um, we talked about the covers and not even the Mirror Ball. Like, I just to pivot for two more seconds about Ed and his voice, but getting into Merkin Ball again, I don't know, and I'll be on record to say this. Like, we talked about how good Ed's voice is in on 10, but I don't know if there's a better sounding voice that he's ever uh, on a song than I Got Id. Mm-hmm. His like voice one, is you? so smooth in that, and I've just been complete. if we hadn't done this, I wouldn't have been just geeking out on I got it every single (laughs) minute, so it's been good, man. Yeah,
0: I I love the story from that conversation, from where that song title comes from. You're are you aware? No, I'm not. You have to share it. now. So here's here's the oh we'll we'll be all right. So with uh, it's bonus bonus time. So Neil Young is in town, and they're doing uh, some studio work with Pearl Jam and things like that. yeah. And I don't know if it was exactly at the same time, but from what I can remember, either Neil Young's in town or Ed's out in California at Neil's house and everyone's contributing and putting music out on the table and people are jamming. I'm sure they're just kicking it. I can just, again, the fly on the wall scenario would be amazing to be there. So everybody's contributing and everybody's putting in their two cents and their sounds and they're they're just jamming and seeing what comes from it. And so Ed walks in, Neil turns to Ed and he's like, all right, young man, you know, you're up and, you know, what do you got? And he's like, I got, I got shit. I got nothing. Right. Right. And so the original song title is I Got I got shit which comes from he had nothing to come to the table with. So that evolved that's... to I've got id, And that song was what came out of those sessions. And it, it's just a cool thing. It's just uh, an everyday interaction, but it's so cool, dude. There's no it's big so deal. Cool. I'm just, over, I'm just hanging with uncle Neil Godfather yeah. of grunge. And I don't and know that's, how. Yeah. And
1: that's probably why like on Pearl Jam's website, you, you can't find lyrics. You can't find lyrics on that song. Yeah. So,
0: anyway, you got to you got to make him you got to break it down, man. Yeah. That's <laughs> one of the
1: harder songs for you to actually diagnose what he's saying too, but Oh, um, for sure. It's so he's his voice is on uh, at the pinnacle at that moment, like for me. But Isn't it funny? If, yeah.
0: Isn't it funny that we love a singer so much and we don't know half the shit this guy's saying? Yeah.
1: Right. That's true. That's so, true. It's hilarious, it's so true. dude. It's so it's true. Just,
0: it's so crazy. And it's just And that just speaks to the melody and it just speaks to just the feel you get, even where I don't know, he's just doing his thing and he's just getting after it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but it feels right. I guess (laughs) it's so funny. It's so funny.
1: Well, congratulations again, man.
0: Congrats to you. And thank you everyone for supporting us. Uh, We had the best time we will be formulating some new ideas uh, to get ready for season two to be even bigger and better than our first season. So we have our work cut out for us, but until then, as uh, the boys would say at the end of their show, keep on rocking in the free world, y'all much love.
1: See you buddy.